uh, uh, this, uh, just to, to turn just to, to your own story, but did you find some characters like Louise? That sense of belonging is is a particularly important for you as someone who ha- you know lives in uh, you live in Paris. Yes. But haven't lived there all your life. You've come from Morocco. Morocco got, yeah. And and. I guess you're at that point in your life where you've almost lived half your life in one place. And yes, half. exactly. And my wife's the same, actually. She's American and, and has just, just got to that point where she's... So I keep asking her questions about what's going on with, you know, Trump. And she goes, I don't know what to do with me. But does this idea of belonging, is this particular... It's important for all of us, but for you, does it have a particular interest when you sit down to write? Is there, even if you you don't mean to. And, this, and the book is very careful around... Uh, <clears throat> current affairs about pol- there's there's mentions of the terrorist attacks in mm-hmm. Paris, but nothing. It's not too clear. It's it's and and this is a book partly about motherhood taking you away from the world. Yeah. Um, but for this idea of belonging, is that input? Is that something that you do? You think you feel that more? Yes, intentionally? I think when I was a teenager and then when I was younger, I thought that belonging was uh, a question of identity that you have to belong to a land that you have to belong to. Uh, um, I don't know, to a country and that you have to build a very strong identity. And then I discovered that, for me, at least, it's not true. <laughs> that um, it's not true that you need to belong to something. I think that you need to invent yourself and that you need to know who you are and who you want to be. That you need to um, to belong to some ideas, to some values and to say, okay, this are the thing I'm going to, to reach for. And for me, it's just freedom and I think the, sometimes when you want to belong too much you lose a lot of freedom so I don't want to belong and I'm not afraid of not belonging to anything even to my uh, family I don't belong I am what what I am I try to have relationship with the people I try to do what I want to do but I don't want to belong is that perhaps I was I was very I was fascinated about your your earliest about your family who sounded like they had a particularly sort of complex relationship with, with say, Morocco. That that now I write thinking that they're fairly liberal, uh, Muslim, but you'd celebrate. I think it's in the New York piece. You'd celebrate yeah. Christmas at a time where we all want to put everything in boxes and define things clearly. It sounds like your own upbringing blurred yeah, those boundaries. Yeah, you know, my parents they always um, teach me one idea, one very important idea is universalism. It's the idea that. You don't. You you are not your culture, but you you are the one making your culture, and you can change your culture, because everyone is in Morocco, especially, and in the Muslim world, they telling you, as a Muslim, you should do like this. As a Moroccan, you should do like this. But no, why? Why should I do like this? Because it's my culture. I can invent my culture. I can transform my culture, and I can be different if you if I want. I can be a, a marginal. Can you mm-hmm. say marginal? Yeah, yeah. If I want, I, I don't, that's why I uh, was telling you, I don't need to belong. I'm not afraid of being a paria. I'm not afraid of being alone. I'm not afraid of belonging to just a little group, so to not be a part of the, the big crowd. I'm not afraid of, uh, of this. So I think for me, my, my identity is not being Moroccan, of be, being French, is believing in universal values, is believe, believing in the fact that I belong to very big family that is the human family and the fact that there are set certain values as liberty as uh, freedom as uh, equality that are values 
which applies to the whole humanity and it's not a cultural problem it's universal and i have to and i want to fight for this for this idea that you can be indian moroccan or uh, from peru and that you can claim for your dignity and equality and freedom Did, did that require a certain kind of risk? There was a, a story about you as a child uh, and uh, your teacher was telling the story about yeah. the spider web. Uh, so was it surrounding Muhammad and, and, and you said, That's, this is impossible. And it's, but it takes a certain kind of courage. Where, where did you get that? Was that? Is that something in ancient years? I'm not sure it's courage. I think it's education. Okay. When you are educated by parents who are telling you, you always have to challenge what people are telling you. You always have to think. It's not because someone is telling you this is true that you have to believe it. You have to, to, to make research. You have to try to understand why he's telling you this. Is it true? Is it not true? You have nothing. You, have, you don't have to th uh, take things for granted. Yeah, sure. So um, I think it's more education, and that's why it's now, for example, in France, we are speaking a lot about fake news. Mm. And I'm always saying, but we just have to educate people. We have to educate our children to read a newspaper, to try to understand what is an information and what is fake news. That's the, the, that's the point for me. Everything is about education. Is this partly why you signed up with President, uh, Pre President Macron uh, to be this representative, particularly, I think, for the French language? But is, can you describe that role? And, and is, that, is that what you just said? Is that part of it? Yes, because defending and promoting French language as a Moroccan is also a way of saying that um, um, I can speak French, I can speak with the Senegalese, I can speak with the French. So it means that we don't live in uh, our little boxes, we don't live in our countries, uh, and uh, inside boundaries that we couldn't um, go out of uh, our culture and our idea. The French language is a language that is uh, full of this idea of universalism, that as human we can share a lot of things and we can share a lot of values and we can share a lot of fights. And that's why I want to fight for this language and for the promotion and the, the defense of this language because I think that the values that are inside the French language are very important. But it's fascinating because well, if I, I did ask this question of, of Nouria, who looks after um, my daughter some days, um, who's from Algeria, and I asked about, and she can speak Arabic uh, and, French, and better English than I can, certainly. And I did ask her once about the do, do you feel, do you feel a sort of pressure speaking French because it comes with colonial... Now, I know that sometimes this you seem to almost be in an impossible situation. No matter what you say, there'll be someone whether from the left or the right or from who wants to <laughs> smash you over the head for it and crit criticize you as being you know apologists for the French government or you, you know I'm sure you've been accused of being uh, you know apologists for it is that, you know Ubuntu. Tell me. when you're black outside and right. white inside yes yes okay yes I'm accused of this for example yes we have a, yes there are various phrases over here for it um how do you deal with that? Do you, do you take those? Do you, do you try and take those criticisms on board, or does it make you angry? How, how no, do you... it doesn't make me angry because I think that when you defend something, you you're here to have a debate. You have to you're here to discuss. I I want to discuss even with people who are not uh, who don't agree with uh, with me. So no, no, I think it's very important to to have a, a discussion about this because <coughs> of course the question of colonialism, the question of the fact that today, why do I speak French and why do Algerian mm. and Senegalese speak French? Because of colonization. But we also have to say that 
after the colonization, a lot of poets, a lot of writers, a lot of artists, they decided to write in French. They were not obliged. They decided to, and they are the one of the greatest poets of the French language. So I want to say that this language is ours. I'm not here because I'm colonized. I'm here because I have power and I decided to take this language and I love it. I'm not, uh, uh, I don't know how to say, subir... Uh, Um, I'm not obliged to do this. Uh-huh. I want to. So for me, it's a sort of uh, empowerment to to say we're not always victims. You know, when Samuel Beckett uh, writes in French, uh-huh. everyone says, "Oh, it's very romantic." Yeah. But when an Algerian writes in French, you say, "Oh, he's a victim of colonialism." Why? We we should be like uh-huh. uh, Samuel Beckett. We decide <laughs> to write in French, and uh, this is romantic too. We don't have to see it every time with the eyes of victimization. to where the Charlie Hebdo offices went. We were talking about the, the veil in, in France. I know that this is a, this, I mean, it's a, it's a very live issue. And for, for liberals here, we can't, we can't. all my friends you know, sitting around agonizing about this issue, white men in you know, restaurants. Where do you stand on that? I was, I was fascinated because it's a similar way. Some people see it as a, if it's a, 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 the woman is empowered and she can wear whatever she likes. Um, do you have a particular take on it? Or? Yeah, you know, I'm for freedom. So I think that a woman should wear whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, I'm again the, against the burqa. And I okay. think it's very important that France has forbidden this because I think that everyone in a democracy should show his face. Okay. We are facing each other. That's the way we are living together. But at the same time, I don't want to do as if the veil was not a symbol of the patriarchat and a symbol of the male domination on women. We can't do as if it was just something like a trousers or mm. like a... No, it's not. It has been invented by the patriarchat to dominate women. And we have to be conscious of the fact that in a lot of countries, women doesn't have the choice of wearing the veil or not. So... Uh, Of course, I am for the freedom, but I am also for the fact of being conscious that the veil is a symbol of a patriarchy. How do you deal with, I mean, we were talking only about this side of debate. You've, you're very outspoken um, about uh, Sharia law, about um, fu- fundamentalist Islam, I guess, fundamentalist religion, where, wherever, I guess, you could be talking about Donald Trump. Um, I don't know if he's religious, but... Uh, how do you deal with this idea of people who don't want to debate with you, or that I think one of the, the critiques I've read of you is that you know you've incited you, you can that being outspoken incites people to, to these sorts oh, of like, I love this, this you know, critique. Yeah, I, think yeah. it's, <clears throat> I think it's so absurd to say this because a lot of people are telling me the more you speak and the more the, the, the beard are growing. <laughs> yes. I'm like, but okay, so I I should shut up. Mm. I think it's ridiculous because they are telling you you shouldn't speak because they're going to be more hateful against you. But I think that going to be hateful anyway. So I need to stand for what I think. And, um, you know, uh, I think one of the big mistakes of um, of the Moroccan elite or of the elite in a lot of uh, Muslim world was to be afraid of the conservative and to say we shouldn't say things because we are going to shock them. And if we shock them, they are going to be more and more angry. So we should shut up and it's going to be okay. But it's not okay because they are fighting for their, their ideas. So why should we fight for our ideas they are uh, able to die for their ideas so we should be able to die for our ideas do you feel that like, i mean it, i was thinking of a kind of uh 
a, a novel I can almost imagine you writing about it, about a writer who is outspoken and risks her life How as a mother. How do you know about my next novel? I don't. <laughs> I was imagining. But actually, my next novel is a little bit about this. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I know. I was just imagining it on the way over. That's very. I, <laughs> that's very I just thought a Slimani novel would be. Wow. Where do you, where what would you risk? That's very strange that you're telling me this. Really? Yeah, really. Well, I'm just you know, <laughs> you were in my head. But you know, and, and and there are moments I think this with with you know my children or my wife or, um, you know, we go through American customs and I have that slightly, like a Tourette's and you know I just you see Trump's face you get you. No. But how do you? So how, where do you where do you balance your what you are, and I think you said this about your family about that they were afraid and they were wrong but do you, where do you, is there a point you wouldn't say something because you don't want no. Re- oh. no I think I would always say what I think and uh, you know we have to think that terrorism what is it about is about terror is about making people afraid of speaking of doing of fighting and I don't want to be afraid because if I'm afraid they are winning yeah. and it's not possible that they win. It's not possible. Too many innocent people died for our ideas in the subways of London, of Paris, in the streets. So many children died. For what? For nothing? For us to be afraid? No, it's not possible. We can't be afraid. It's our dignity and our pride not to be afraid.